Welcome to the Destiny Church 217 podcast, where we share the sermon of the week from Destiny Church. After the message, check out the show notes for links and more information on how to get connected with Destiny. Let's get into the message. I'm acutely aware of, of all the crazy that's in the world right now, you know. Um, Afghanistan, those of you that are 30 years old, you were 10 when the World Trade Centers went down. 20 years ago. So it affected your life minimally. You saw something maybe on television at school, um, but your, the life as you knew it didn't change as radically as it did for those of us who used to actually travel the world without having to take our belt off um, or our shoes off or all of that kind of stuff. So uh, that 20th anniversary is coming up here soon. I'm, I'm a bit concerned um, because we left behind uh, billions of dollars of um, war materials so that now the Taliban is as well armed as some Americans carrying their M16s, their ARs, driving in their new Ford trucks, flying drones, having helicopters and planes all the technology we left behind, not including the people we left behind. Does this mean I'm against pulling out of Afghanistan? No, I'm not here making any kind of political statement at all. I'm just saying that uh, if people are our priority, you don't leave 50,000 people behind enemy lines because that's what they have now. And rather than, rather than, this is just armchair quarterbacking, rather than, Rather than securing the airport and telling everyone, come to the airport, why don't you just go get these people? You know where they live. Go get them and bring them safely because right now they can't get to the airport safely, a lot of them. And we're not talking about, I mean, some of these people are missionaries. Some of these people are Christians that were in a war-torn country trying to tell people about Jesus. I want to be tried by fire. Take whatever you desire. Lord, here's my life. If they sang that there today, it might have a little more impact on the way they sang it. You know, we get a little sideways because we get inconvenienced. These people's lives are on the line right now. And I know it's easy to turn the news off, but when you see a mother wrap her baby in a blanket to throw it over a razor wire fence to get their child out of the country, they're willing to stay behind so that their child can get out of the country, throwing them over the fence to American soldiers. That tells you something that's going on in that country. That's Afghanistan. That's just last week. COVID, I've had COVID, I've I've had COVID, I can't tell you how much I'm over the whole COVID thing. I mean, it's real. I'm not saying it's not real, but masks, vaccines, I'm not here to make a statement on any of that stuff. I'm just saying I'm worn out over it all. People can do what they want. It's a free country. Well, they can't do what they want. They have to do what the government tells them to do. And I guess it's not as free as it was back when I was a kid. But that is a little bit of an editorial, so I digress. I didn't want to be editorial. I'm somewhat concerned over artificial intelligence. These things, 
and the lack of privacy. I mean, <clears throat> I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but if, if, if they want to hear what we're talking about in a closed meeting, it's not hard for them to hear whatever they want to hear. Artificial intelligence, I don't know if you've seen the robot dogs roaming New York City. Yeah, look it up, it's there. You can program these things, attack, kill, shoot, arm them with a gun. And this is just what we know as consumers, not what's on military grade. I mean, when I can get on Google Earth and look in my neighbor's backyard and see that there was three people by a fire pit, and these, I mean, military stuff, they're reading your license plate and other things. So... I remember the first time I saw a stealth bomber, I was cutting my grass on the north end of town back when Springfield had an um, air show. This was a long time ago. Stealth bomber. I'll tell you how long ago it was. When I saw it, I ran inside and got my high eight camcorder. <laughs> you laugh. That was the technology 20 years ago. And I thought to myself, this is what I thought to myself. They've been working on that thing for at least a decade or longer, and I'm seeing it for the first time. They just come out last week and admitted that it was there. So that thing's been flying all over the place, doing all, what are, they, what are they flying now? What don't we know? So that's got me in a tizzy a little bit. Afghanistan, COVID, AI phones, lack of privacy. I just made a list this morning. This is just fre fresh hot off my desk this morning. Abortion. You think, you, you think if you lived during the Holocaust, you would have liked to have done something, but you're not doing anything right now to support life? History will judge us. Unjust, corrupt U.S. government, the tyranny, ruling by the fiat of executive orders. That scares me, has me concerned. And to the, to the fact, to, to the 19, I mean, I was alive when Ronald Reagan said, when the government comes to your door and says, we're here to help you, don't believe them. I was alive then. It, it's more true today than it ever has been. They are, not, they are not concerned about you. And if you, if, you think that's, if you think that's terroristic, you think that's rebel, you think that's uh, um, um, anarchy, that's not our anarchy, that's the reality. And here's how I know. Well, they really care about us, and that's why they want us to do this with our bodies mask or vaccine in anything they tell you to do it's not because they care about you let me just make this clear they do not care about you if they did they wouldn't allow the sale of cigarettes but there's revenue there next time you think they care about you Think about Marlboro cigarettes. I don't care if you smoke or not. That should be your choice. Do whatever you want to do. But when the government props it up, subsidies, et cetera, et cetera, and advertisement, shoot, they don't care about you. What do they care about? They care about dollars. 
They care about self-preservation because once I have power and position, I don't want to let it go. Power and position and money. As soon as I'm elected, I'm working on my re-election. Then the educational system, from little kids learning about sex ed and CRT to telling college kids that socialism is cool. I've never seen anybody build a raft and try to float to Cuba. Never seen that. I'm concerned about debt, personal debt and national debt. Personal debt, who you are slave to. That's not me, that's the scripture. And and national debt. There is no incentive for you to save money. You know why? Here's why. If I give you money and you go, oh, I'm going to save that money. Think of, this, think of this in a closed system, which it is. All right? So you have money. You have X number of dollars. And you say, oh, oh, this is valuable. Money is not valuable. It's only a community agreement that that green piece of paper is worth something. Because it's not even backed by gold or silver or anything. It's just a piece of paper. It's a note. P.S. Do you like me? Check yes or no. It's a note. That's all it is. Because somebody gives you a stack of money, it's worthless. But let's say you decide, I'm going to save it. Why are you saving it when the people that gave it to you, or however they gave it to you, this is the government, gave it back to you, whatever, if they have the ability to make more, every time they make more of it, which they do every day. They roll it off by the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. Yours becomes less. So what incentive is there? This concerns me. I have a couple more if you want to hear them. I don't know. Uh, How about the suppression of truth? The suppression of truth. This really concerns me. Because I can't look at the front page. I can't look at the first Google results that come to my desktop anymore. I just can't trust that because it's all, it's all filtered through their algorithms that tell you that, that that news source is not reliable in the eyes of Google, and so therefore they won't let you even see that information. You don't get to choose for yourself what information is right or wrong. They will filter it for me with Facebook or who, who, anybody, anybody else, your, your phone, the suppression of truth, and the suppression of truth with a capital T. The word of God. And number 10, because I made my top 10, um, comes from Exodus chapter 20, verse 3, which is the first commandment. You know, number one should be important, which is you shall have no other gods before you. This world is filled with false gods. Things that you esteem, they want us to esteem greater than God. There are no commercials lately that I've seen, go for God, go after God. There are no, buy a new car, build a new garage, uh, go on this vacation, you know, uh, do this, buy this, be a consumer, go do this. And so the world is filled with false gods, things that we esteem or encourage to esteem more than the creator. And so the world is really, really screwed up. More so than any time in my life. And I lived through Vietnam. 
Yes, I'm that old. I didn't hear collective gasp. That's okay. <laughs> but there was a draft when I was a kid. I was talking to a military guy uh, who'd been at the Pentagon uh, just yesterday. Saying, yeah, it would do this. What did I say? He was at the Pentagon, and he was at our house yesterday. Is that clear? Was I not clear? Did you all understand me, or was she trying? You didn't understand. She brought brought sense to me. You are amazing. I love you so much. Thank you for being my helpmate. So the Pentagon was not at my house yesterday. A man who's in the military, who's currently in the military, who has served in the Pentagon, was at my house yesterday. Like, you know, one of the best things that could happen in this country is mandatory mandatory compulsory military enrollment for at least two years right out of high school to get this country to understand the value of what we have. When you, when you see the rest of the world and you realize the rest of the world doesn't live like us, doesn't have what we have, then, then it's something to stand up for. But when you go to college and all they do is tear apart your country, then you will reap the whirlwind. So... Um, it's, it's not a good situation. And so in that, I, I'm reminded, uh, this has nothing to do with my sermon at all right now. So <laughs> I'm reminded of a story that I heard very, very many, many years ago about two salesmen. My dad was a salesman. My dad, my dad interestingly enough, was a cigarette salesman uh, for R.J. Reynolds Tobacco. Um, but there's a story of two salesmen and they, they went to it, they were dispatched by their company that made shoes to this town. And they both arrived at this town and they discovered that no one in the town wore shoes. So the first salesman gets on the phone and he calls back to the company. He says, listen, I need to come back. And nobody in this town wears shoes. Nobody's buying this stuff. The second one got on the phone, called the company and said, send 10 semi trucks of shoes. No one in this town wears shoes. So perspective, I can weep, I can be sad about the things that I've read, but because of my spiritual DNA, and, and, and we all have some, somewhere on the apest scale, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, and shepherd, or a pastor and shepherd, we, we have our gift mix. And for me, I'm not the boo-hoo, I mean, I love intercessors, and you can weep, and you can mourn, and that's great, but then at the end of the day, you better do something about whatever it is that you're upset about. And so I, I can have a tendency to be on the other end of the pendulum swing um, where that is concerned. And I'd be the one that says, listen, um, uh, send some shoes because what we've got going on in America is really a golden opportunity for the church. Not a boo-hoo, let's hide in a corner, but let's stand up. I mean, we've got brothers, sisters and brothers in Afghanistan today whose lives are on the line. And we just don't like it in here because the air conditioning is a little cool today. I love fireworks. Um, I realize I shouldn't like them. <laughs> but I am, a, I am not a pyromaniac, but I do enjoy a good kaboom. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. <clears throat> so uh, let's just say Hannibal, Missouri is the closest location for me to visit prior to the 4th of July. So I love fireworks. My, grand, my granddaughter loved fireworks. Uh, in fact, 
at the Fourth of July, we always do we do, we do fireworks. Uh, JJ uh, Dearman's son comes over for the Fourth of July fireworks, and we had them over swimming the other day and at the house. And JJ, I think it was later in the day, he goes, he goes, when are you going to do the fireworks? He says, when are you going to do the fireworks? I said, we're not doing any fireworks today, but but uh, the thing about the thing about particularly this Fourth of July, it was on a Sunday, right? We had, the, we had the parking lot party with all that folder all. Then we had a birthday party for my second granddaughter, who was born on the 4th of July, Liberty. And then so we had another party. So we had the church party. Then we had the birthday party. And then we had the firework party, right? So I, that was the trifecta of parties. And but the thing about the last party of the day is you don't shoot those fireworks off till when? So it's dark, 9 o'clock at night for cry. You know Why? Because light shines best in the dark. So these are golden days for the church, ladies and gentlemen. History will judge us. History will judge us. Will we cower? Will we bow? Will we bend? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, I won't bow. I'm not going to bend. And if I do burn, God's still got but there appeared unto him a fourth man in the fire. Light shines best in the darkness. And as I thought about that this morning, and I thought about fireworks, and I thought about our series, I have now, I have now brought myself to calling the book of Romans my Roman candle. Because it shines really bright right now in light of the darkness that is all around us. And so let's go to the Roman candle, Romans, this morning and see how much of the sermon I can preach in 15 minutes. I don't know. And when you say stuff like our... our, our uh, our uh, theme verses. Can I have those for a moment? Verses 16 and 17. When you speak stuff like this out loud, you are a ro- of the ball being shot out of the Roman candle. Speaking into existence, speaking into the darkness, I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of of God unto salvation. You know what that is? That's a Roman candle, man. Into the darkness of wherever it is that you live. When you go to work and at the end of the week, your boss hands you a check, your paycheck, if he were to say, hey, come in here, Lori. Come in here, Lori. Here, here's a gift for you. And he hands you your paycheck what would you do? You'd say, pardon me? Pardon me? Uh, I worked for that. When you get your paycheck from your boss, it's not a gift. You've earned it, right? This is why they pay you at the end of the week. It's not a gift. There are fake gifts. It's that free breakfast at the hotel. That's a fake gift. That's not free. You paid for it. That was Hannah's first lesson in economics when we traveled. 
Look at this, Dad. There's a free mint on the piddle. Come here, young lady. I'll teach you something. That mint cost your dad $89 back in the day. Now you do not want to stay at an $89 motel. I stayed at one a couple weeks ago. It's not a good deal. Free Wi-Fi. Isn't that free? Oh, they got free Wi-Fi. I'm so happy. No, you paid for it. They're saying in the world, you know, nothing in the world is free. You have to fight for it. You got to toil for it. Your blood, your sweat, your tears. You earned it. They say your wages are a reflection of how hard you worked. I like the fact that in God's kingdom, that's not how it works. Oh, there are still wages in this kingdom. I, I am an advocate of education. I'm not anti-education. I think college is different today than when I went. But um, when I went, um, I, mean, I, was, I was so poor. We were so very poor. And so we took out, back in the day, they were called GSLs, Guaranteed Student Loans. So we lived on loans. Back in the day, they would write the check to you personally, not to the, to the school, so that we actually lived on a loan in school. That's how poor we were. So I, mean, paid, I paid my school bill, but what was ever left over, that went to the general fund. We didn't turn it back in. We lived on it. But you know what's better than a GSL? What's better than a student loan? A scholarship. Oh, baby. What's a scholarship? Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Scholarships are what? Say it. Free money. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him, that's the qualifier for your scholarship. That whoever believes in him. Because when you, when you go to school and you apply for a scholarship, there are qualifiers. I got scholarships based on GPA. I got scholarships based on my major. I got scholarships based on where I lived. I got multiple scholarships, but there was always qualifiers. You had to qualify for the scholarship. The only qualifier for this scholarship that whoever believes in him, that's the qualifier. If you believe in him, you shall not perish and you'll have eternal life. That's a scholarship right there, ladies and gentlemen. So you have a choice between wages or a free gift. So let's make it clear. The righteousness that we need in order to be with the Lord forever, to receive salvation is a free gift. It's a scholarship. Like God says, here it is. It's available to you. The only qualifier is that you believe. Now, this is in Romans chapter four. We've been at Romans for a while now, but we're gonna be in it for a while too. So I'm gonna give you a sneak peek on Romans six, verse 23. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So we're, we're, we're gonna not preach that right now, but I want you to understand there are wages and there are gifts. The wage that you receive is death. You worked really hard at being a sinner. Congratulations, here's your wage. You worked at it. Or here's a gift for you. You didn't even have to, all you needed to do was believe. So that's wages versus scholarship. This is where Abraham comes in. Abraham believed the Lord, Genesis 15, 6, write it down. Abraham believed the Lord. I like that, he believed the Lord. Not in the Lord, or about the Lord, or anything. No, he believed, he believed God. He believed the Lord, the Lord. He believed him, period. 
And it was credited to Abraham's faith, his faith. It was credited to him as righteousness. His belief was credited to him as righteousness. So listen, Abraham was called righteous. He got the free gift. He was called righteous. He got the scholarship. He was called righteous before the law. So here's all this law. Do this, do this, do this, do this. You should do this, you should do that, you should do the other thing. This is 400 years before Moses ever said commandment number one, you should love the Lord your God. No other gods before him. 400 years before that, Abraham was called righteous. Why? Because he believed. Abraham was called righteous before he was circumcised. Circumcision doesn't make you righteous. That outward sign didn't make the Jews righteous. It was simply a symbol of God's favor on their life even before they could be circumcised. Before he had Isaac as a son. And so our series is called Unashamed. 100% free gift. I mean, who's, I mean, Miles is not ashamed to stand up here and he said he got a free gift. Hey, guess what I won? Guess what was given to me? Guess what I got? This free gift that was given to me. I'm going to shout that from that man, I got that for free. Unashamed. We sang a song this morning, Reckless Love. I love it. Some people don't like it, particularly in reformed, in reformed circles because they have, a, they, have a different, uh, they have a different set of glasses on when they approach Scripture. Not all bad, but there's some interesting things there. When, when we sing, oh, the overwhelming, never any reckless, they, oh, I can't believe it. You would say that God's love is reckless and they have this negative connotation to it when the definition is mar- reckless, marked by lack of proper caution. God through caution to the wind when he sent his son to earth. Before I spoke a word, me ever came in out of my mother's womb, you were singing over me like Hannah described this morning with her daughter. You've been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. It chases me down, fights till I'm found, and leaves the 99. You'd be singing that differently in Afghanistan today. I was your foe, still your love fought for me. When I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. You've been so, so kind to me. So, that's my introduction to Romans chapter 4, verses 1 through 15, 1 through whatever we're going to get through today. So, let's start. Verse 1. Everybody take a deep breath. I'm not going to keep you here till 2, so just relax. <laughs> I could just sense the anxiety rise for a minute. Just relax. It's all good. This is your captain speaking. This is not a crash landing. You will be fine. <laughs> what then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the f- sarks, the flesh, discovered in this manner? Verse 2, if, everybody say if. If, if in fact, Abraham was justified by works, he'd have something to boast about but not before Theos, not before God. What does scripture say? Now he's going to quote Genesis 15, 6. Abraham believed God. We've already seen it. And it was credited to him as what? Righteous, righteousness. Now to the one who works. Uh-oh, that sounds like wages to me, right? Now to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift. Charis, as in charismatic, gifts but as an obligation. So he's saying exactly what I told you earlier. When you work 
and someone gives you a check because you worked, you don't consider that a gift. You consider it their obligation to give to you. That's what he says. Watch. Now that the one who works wages are not credited a gift, but are an obligation. Verse five. However, to the one who does not work, but pissed you owe. Epistiology is the theological branch in systematic theology where we talk about this right here. How do we know and what do we know about God? But the one who puts his faith or his trust. Keep reading. God who justifies the ungodly, their faith, the same word as above we just talked about, is credited as righteousness. I mean, that's pretty reckless of God. I mean, that's reckless. That just because I believe him, that he's going to count me righteous. David says, verse 6, the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness uh, of the one to whom God credits righteousness, apart, from, apart, apart, apart from works, righteousness apart from works. He's going to quote Psalm. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never, never, ever count against them. So Paul asks a good question. Here it is. Is this blessedness, is this awesome thing only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? Well, we have been saying that Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. So under what circumstance was it credited? Was it after he was circumcised or before? Everybody say before. It was before. Not after but before. And then he received circumcision at what? As a sign, as a token, as an indication, as a seal, denoting genuineness as a signet ring from a king. That's what circumcision is. Of the righteousness that he had, how? By faith, when he was still uncircumcised. So then, he is the father of all who believed who have not been circumcised in order the righteousness might be credited to him. And he is also the father of those who are circumcised, not only, by the, not only are circumcised, but also follow the footsteps of the father that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. Salvation is not a wage that God pays us for keeping the law. Salvation is not a wage that God pays us for doing good for being circumcised, for being water baptized, for being a tongue talker, for being a tither, for reading the Bible. No, 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 no. He doesn't owe you anything. Not a thing. What he owes you as a transgressor of his law, he owes you death. But he has made a way through his son to offer you a scholarship to heaven. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to pay it back. It's a scholarship. Joy, peace, forgiveness, eternal life, not earned. It's a scholarship. Not a wage, but a free gift. Well, how do you get it? Well, by faith. Verse 13. It was not through law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise. It wasn't through the law that he would be the heir of the world, but through what? The righteousness, God imparted righteousness, that comes by faith. 
the keeping of the law does not bring about righteousness. Galatians, um, I have to go there when we talk about faith. Do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. God has chosen to deal with us in certain ways during certain times. And by us, I mean the body of Christ, the church. Um, we, are in, we are in a dispensation. We are in a period of time that is filled with the grace of God. G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. Unmerited favor. You, I don't deserve it. Still he gave his life to me. I don't deserve it. What I deserve is to be, is to be, oh, look at that. Little bug on the ground. I'm a little ant. I'm smaller than an ant. I don't even know what I am in comparison to God. But I deserve, according to the book of Romans, to be smooshed like a bug. Except for his grace. A scholarship that I can qualify for if I just believe it. If I just believe it. If I just believe God, he'll say, very good. Because Abraham got the scholarship before the law was even put in place. Abraham got the scholarship before he was ever circumcised. Abraham got the scholarship before Isaac was ever born. He was awarded the scholarship. How did he get it? Just believe God. And that was, that was credit to him righteousness. So, Acts 20, verse 24, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish this race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, which is the task of testifying to the gospel. The gospel of what? The gospel of God's grace. The gospel of, hey, it's free. Stop trying to earn it. Just receive it. For those, verse 14, who live by the law, their heirs, faith has no value and the promises are worthless. Greek word means vanished. Poof. It's not there. 15, because law brings wrath. Wait a second. That's all the law does. The law never congratulates you. The law only punishes you. When was the last time the policeman pulled you over? He, did he do it because he wanted to congratulate you for going the speed limit? No, because you infracted the what? The law. The law, that's what the, all the law does. It brings wrath. And where there is no law, of course, there's no transgression. So here's two tweets for you this morning. Number one, law can diagnose the sickness, but it cannot bring the cure. Law brings the diagnosis. I am broken, I am undone, I am a sinner, I'm in need of a savior. Law brings the diagnosis of your sickness, but it can't bring the cure. This is why we need the law. This is why the law is still an act. That's why we still talk about the first commandment today. God didn't do away with the law through Jesus. He says, I came to fulfill the law. And in fact, I'm going to give anybody a pat on the back who continues to teach the law. That's what he says. And number two, Law condemns the sinner and cannot save. It's only by grace through faith in Christ alone. Those are the pillars of the, of the, the, the Protestant Reformation, 1517. Sola gratia, grace. It's only solo, only gratia, only grace. That's how you do it. I dealt with somebody this past week, you know, you may have stepped in a hole or something else that smelled like dog dew, spiritually speaking, in their life, you know, and 
in, 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 in the world, the natural reaction is to quick scrape that off as much as you can and put essential oil on yourself so you don't smell like anything nasty, right? Although sometimes you can use too, many, too much essential oil. Can I get an amen? Can I get an Can I get a witness? Okay, great. Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, there goes Miss Eucalyptus. Uh, so, so there's just sometimes it's just a little much. But in the world, in the world, you just got to cover it up. You got to perfume it or whatever. But in the church, man, when you're broken, this is the place to be because we're all broken and no one here is throwing the first stone. We're all going to try to get better. We're all going to trust the Lord. We're all by faith going to put him at the top of the pyramid of our life. And we're going to get through this thing together. Amen. Grace alone. Sola fide. Faith alone. Which is an abbreviation for semper fi, always faithful. Phi is the abbreviation fide, semper fidelis. Solo Cristo, which is, means what? Only Christ. Solo Scriptura, only the Scripture. And number five, solo, soli Deo Gloria. And we're going to do it all for whose glory? For mine. No, we're going to do it all for God's glory. Have you ever heard someone say that, you know, take a, take a leap of faith, brother? Take a leap of faith, and well, it's not actually into the dark. It's actually the opposite. When you, when you take the leap of faith, you step into the light. You're coming out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who has called you out of darkness, out of darkness. Remember back in the 80s when we sang scripture? Out of darkness into his marvelous light, into his marvelous light. I used to look, that was a great decade for scripture. All of our worship songs were scripture, which was cool. He called you out of darkness. Into what? Light. Two types, we'll wrap it up. Number one, there's the natural light. But number two, there is the light of life. I said light shines best in the darkness. I could have a flashlight, take the light of my phone, have everybody turn the lights out, blacken the windows and doors. It would be pitch black in here. Just be pitch black in here. We were down in... Uh, Missouri uh, a month or so ago down in the cave and they for demonstration purposes they turned out all the lights and you literally could not see your hand move in front of your face in this cave and that's how dark it was so even the smallest little light she lit a candle all the darkness pushed back from the candle that's in the natural but the same is true in the spiritual realm this is why you should never be afraid of the demonic when you walk in the light, you walk into a room full of demons. Jesus never walked into a, in, in, into a, in a demon-filled meeting and went, oh my gosh. Whew, I don't know. No. Demons flee. Darkness flees when light arrives to the extent that you believe you are the light. But if you harbor darkness in your heart, maybe you have a reason. Just a thought. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. So this is not a physical light. This is the spiritual light. This is the other kind of light. I am the light of the world. Never follows me. We'll never walk in that darkness again, but we'll have the what? The light of life. That's the second kind of light. Natural light and the light of life. And the light of light is the Lord. John three nineteen. This is the verdict then. Light, meaning the Lord, has come into the world, but men love darkness Instead of light, this is what we see in the world today. Because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for the fear of his deeds. Why? Because the fear of his deeds will be exposed. 
But even at the exposure of your evil deeds, the Father still offers you his free gift of salvation in exchange for your wages. So you, you walk in darkness, you have sin in your heart, and our reaction is to pull away. Oh, no, I really screwed up last week. I did something horrible. I can't go to church. No, the very place you need to be is the place where that can be taken care of and, and relieved. Darkness draws to darkness. And the deeper you go down the rabbit hole, the harder it is to get out. The further down you fall into the vortex, the tunnel, to, into the world, into the tornado of sin, the harder it is to, to pull yourself in. This is why being connected with connect groups through Pastor Jeremy or whatever is going to, when you have people around you that say, listen, man, see, accountability is not about you sin. Accountability is you can do better than that. That's the difference between biblical accountability and corporate accountability. Corporate accountability under, 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 uh, under contract is... I will hold you accountable. Biblical accountability is, man, come on, let me take your arm. Let me link arms with you. We can do this. That's me standing up here telling you how horrible it is in the world, but this is our, this is our finest hour, said Winston Churchill. Our finest hour. What are you talking about? We've had to rescue 100,000 people with boats out of Dunkirk. This is our finest hour. I'm going to stand up, ladies and gentlemen. This is... I'm so excited. Well, when we get into our own facility that we own and we don't rent, and we set up a beachhead, oh, right? Praise the Lord. Okay, if I have you stand, you'll think I'm closing. So why don't you stand up for a minute? Because <laughs> I, I want to read you a scripture and then I'll let you go home, all right? Jesus, in Luke chapter 4, quoted Isaiah 61. I want to close with a scripture today. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the good news of the poor. That's what I'm doing right now. To the brokenhearted. To proclaim freedom for the captives. And release from darkness. How do you get released from darkness? By light. For the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor day of vengeance of our God. To comfort everyone who mourns and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them, here it is, the divine exchange. To bestow on them a crown of beauty in exchange for their ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of those rags of despair. It will be you, me, those who believe will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. This receipt has been going around the internet. You may have seen it. It's a picture where everything zeros. He paid it all. There's hope for you. The prepaid scholarship is waiting for you who believe. It's free. If I buy your lunch today, it's free for you, but I still paid the price. See, nothing's free. Your salvation is free. Baloney, it's free. Ask Jesus if it was free. Right? Right? The free mint, the free Wi-Fi, the free breakfast, mm, nothing's free, including your salvation. 
Well, how do you? Well, by faith, you receive the scholarship. You can have it paid, but somebody still paid because there is a penalty for your sinful life. Jesus said, I'll pay it. I love them so much. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed, it would be credited unto them righteousness and they'll be called the sons of God. Let's pray. Father, this morning we come to you and we ask that in the midst of this dark world and these dark days, all of the things that press us hard with our first world problems pale in comparison to what some of our brothers and sisters are experiencing around the world. And Lord, I'm so thankful for Hannah's prayer this morning. I'm thankful, Lord, for those who are called to be intercessors who come at nine o'clock every Sunday morning and stand up in faith, believing and calling down the fire of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit. For each and every one in this room, Lord, who takes a stand for righteousness, who lights the candle in the middle of the darkness of their office at work, not in a boastful, arrogant way, but Lord, in a manner that brings the lost to salvation. We thank you for the free gift that you've given us. We accept it. We receive it by faith today. And we are unashamed of that gospel, Lord. And if you're living here today in this moment, in this time, and fear has gripped your heart, you don't know up from down, you're so concerned about everything from vaccines to masks to Afghanistan to the monetary system to our government and all of that, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to you and to all generations. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. In him, you put your faith. And whether you've done it a hundred times before, today is your first day. Would you raise your hand with me and in so doing saying, I trust you, Jesus. I don't necessarily understand the fire that I'm going through in my home or my family or even in this country. I don't understand it, but I'm gonna believe you. Just like Abraham, I'm going to believe God and that will be counted unto me righteous. So that should the furnace be heated seven times hotter, I will not bow and I will not burn. I will not bend. For the Lord your God is with you. The Lord your God is with you. And so Lord, we confess you to be our Lord. We confess you to be our Savior. Keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. May you be our first thought in the morning when we rise and the last thought in the evening when we sleep. You are reckless in your love towards us. And we can do nothing but accept that free gift this morning. I'm going to ask the Connect Group leaders to come down front now. If you need prayer for anything, we want to pray for you. Healing in your body. We want to stand with you for your family, your friends, your job. Any situation you're going through, we're here to stand with you in faith. This is called a sanctuary. This is a safe place. So come on down. Receive prayer. We like men to be with men and women to be with women. That works best. So if you need prayer for anything, consider yourself invited now. Otherwise, Lord... Let your servants now depart in peace according to your word and may your face shine upon us. The light of heaven.
be our guide. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. God bless you. As we conclude this podcast, we want to take a moment to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please consider subscribing to receive our weekly podcast on your device. Check out the show notes for links to our website, more information about this message, or to support our ministry. You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, your place for real, relevant relationships.